Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 145, Bills, Bills, Bills. I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and thank you so much for tuning in to an all-new episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are available, we are there. Find us, hit the subscribe button, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars. Would so appreciate it. How has everyone been doing? Are y'all ready to spring forward? Because your baby boy is excited for me. I didn't just spring forward. I summer forward. I am in the mode that it is the summertime. I told you guys I've been talking about this probably for the past six months that I am just so excited to lose an hour of sleep. Normally, wouldn't be that exciting because you know your baby boy loves to sleep, but I love the time of the year in which that the sun is out longer, it is warmer. I truly believe that that is my own season. And I said to myself this year, I said, you know what? The second we spring the clocks forward, I want to pretend in my own world, in my mind, y'all know I live in my head, okay? I got friends, I got like, you know, I be in my head that This is going to be my time to get my goals together, whether it be my physical goals, my mental health goals, and just like putting myself first. I talk about it a lot on the podcast, but I would be lying if I said that I put myself first a lot. And I just really want to use this time to put myself first, take this sun out longer, take this more time to just like pour into the things that I want to do. This is my season. I am claiming it okay you hear it first on the podcast i'm claiming this is my season it's been a busy couple of days for your baby boy we just came off the premiere of survivor season 42 and you know me and wendell we were in new york for the bryce and win present the premiere 
NYC. And woo, baby, when I tell y'all, it was a time, a time, time, time. I have to just shout out everyone that came out to support and have an amazing time with us. It was so amazing, so much fun to see all of it ain't fans to see all of the friends out in the building, our reality star family, huge shout out to Davey, huge shout out to Ryan. Okay. From amazing race, Lulu and Lala, Sari, Kevin from big brother, Glenn, Jack, the baby boy Atkins, Brooke cam high. Okay. Eliza, Ovi, Christian, Tommy, Xander, Andrea, Dalton, Ross, Derek, X. Okay, the list goes on and on and on. Shout out to you guys for making the event so special. And I also just want to give a huge shout out to my girl. Okay, a member of the Purple Pants Posse, Miss Margaret and her daughter Toya. It was Miss Margaret's birthday and her daughter Toya bought her a ticket to the Bryce and Wynn present. She had DM'd me and was like, I'm bringing my mom. And I just appreciate Toya and her mom so much throughout the years. She always buys her mom a zaddy calendar for Christmas. And I knew it was her birthday. So I was like, you know what, baby boy, I got to do something special. So I just packaged a little, just a little something, you know, a little something what baby boy could do just to express my deepest happiness for her support. And, you know, when they arrived, I was just so like you would have thought. I didn't met Michael Jackson or something because baby boy was dying me and Miss Margaret. She had her nails done. It was her birthday. She had on a purple shirt. She was living her best life. And it just moments like that. I I will cherish for the rest of my life to to see someone that excited to meet little old me like little old me. Um, It like I could start crying because it just. I don't always take those moments in. And even when I take them in, I tell myself I don't deserve it. I tell myself like, you know, but in this moment, because, you know, it is my season. I really took that moment in and I allowed Miss Margaret and her daughter Toya to just pour into me as I poured into them. And it was just so special. So happy belated birthday to Miss Margaret. Happy survivor for everybody okay because the event was popping it was such a great time i tried my best to say hello to everybody okay everybody okay we was out there okay shout out to solomon his crazy behind listen it was just such a good time and then you know with survivor being back on you know survivor news gotta come back on so wendell is in jamaica for his birthday so the baby boy jack Atkins and I we took it back to old school purple pants podcast and we did the survivor news so if you haven't checked it out make sure you check out episode 144 buckle up and if you want to watch it head over to the YouTube page Bryce Isaiah hit subscribe give that video a thumbs up and check out your baby boy Jack Atkins and I breaking down survivor I'm still on a a mental high of just such an amazing event such amazing people shout out to Sari's son Pooh well his name is Jared but Sari call him Pooh so I call him Pooh um we love Jared he's the best and I love the fact that I Shout out to my girl Sarifa coming through. And um I just love the fact that I've in my head have always idolized Sari. 
y'all know that's the reason I, I apply. That's the reason I play was my love of Suri. And it just is still so mind boggling that in my mind, Suri is a, like in my mind, Suri is a friend. But in real life, we are family. And I love the fact that Suri's son, Jared, is the realest person ever. And he like a little brother to us. Well, I shouldn't say little because, you know, I ain't that old. But like, you know, he sees the love that we have for his mom. He sees the events and he just loves it. So it's just such a great time. Shout out to Davey. Now, listen, let me get on Davey real quick. OK, because. Wait, and also this episode we wetting our whistles because listen, that's just what we do. Hold on. Mm. Mm. Let me get on Davy. Davy, David, 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 Davy. Where is Davy? First of all, I don't know who Davy is. Okay. Davy is just the flyest person I done ever met in my life. And I tell you, the text messages and DMs between Davy and I is literally us sending a thousand laughing emojis at each other. Because like I will I in Philly we say grind somebody up. And so that is the 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 terminology of like I will it's lovingly laughing at someone like you know just like you know like why you got them shoestrings tied so tight what are you doing so in philly we say grinding each other up so i love the fact that davy and i just grind each other up and so the last time i seen davy was in dc for oz's watch party for the celebrity big brother and you know, Davey had a scarf on, okay? No jacket, just a scarf. Davey just thought he was Rico Suave. So, leading up to the event, I knew Davey was coming. I was texting. I was like, okay, you bringing the scarf? You bringing the scarf? Well, baby, Davey showed up as somebody new. Davey showed up as Deacon Davey. Davey had a double-breasted green peacoat jacket with some gold buttons on it. And, baby, no matter how, now, it was cold in New York. But, you know, inside the event and inside of the pregame that we had, it was warm. But did Davey come out of that jacket? No. Davey had that jacket, but okay, Deacon Davey. So it listen, that's Davey. New name, Deacon Davey. Always just such a great time to like for me in my head just watch Davey because I feel like there are different stages of Davey you know baby boy myself I love to wet the whistle and so do Davey and I can always tell when Davey has started to wet his whistle because Davey does three signature things okay one he has an accessory and doesn't let it go so in DC it was the scarf and New York it was the jacket then when you know Davey is wetting the whistle he points at the camera like first of all who are you pointing at then you know he been wetting 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 his whistle when he point at the camera with a drink in his hand and the third way you know Davey has wetting the whistle is that when he's taking a photo he's sticking his tongue out okay and all these things have been captured and documented multiple times so listen I'm not making this up but listen Davey is a member of the Purple Pants Podcast, and we love the Davey that is Rickenbacker, okay? But shout out to his mom, Hazel, okay? She done wrote on one of my photos. Thank you so much for taking care of my baby. I'm like, who? Listen, Deacon Davey, Deacon Davey was taking care of all of us. But again, thank you so much to everyone that came out to support Bryce and Wim Present. 
I appreciate it so much. We had such an amazing time. I'm really excited for this week's episode. This week's episode is a casual tea episode. I know it's been a while. I'll be seeing the messages. When you coming back? Well, listen, we are back right now. And Aman and I are breaking down and giving our thoughts on the don't say gay bill. We are giving our thoughts on the stop woke act. We are giving our thoughts on the Texas court that halts child abuse inquiries into parents of transgender children. We are talking about Brittany Grinder in Russia. We're talking about the backlash of Kim Kardashian and her recent uh, interview for a magazine. We are talking the Jesse Smollett sentencing and we are giving an update on Big Brother Canada. We've got the freak of the week and of course we got the church announcements. So listen, can you pay my bills? Can Can you pay my telephone bills? Can you pay my automobiles? Can you pay the gas prices? I don't think you do. So let's get into the church announcements. And for this week's church announcements, I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew the Purple Pants Posse do first. We are off of the heels of the Bryce and Wynn present the New York premiere and Big Bang. We back. Bryce and Wynn presents the District 42, Washington, D.C. We are taking our watch party back to Washington, D.C. April 6th. We will be at Proper 21K. Listen, we had a ball there last time. So you know what to do. The tickets are available. Click the link in my bio, Windows bio, or head over to our Instagram page, Bryce and Wynn present. Okay, click the link, get your ticket. Now, you know, we brought out a huge guest last time and baby, I am just telling y'all now. We bringing out another big guest for D.C. So if you are in the the DMV area, don't miss your chance to come kick it with your baby boys. Bryce and Wynn present the District 42, April 6th. Tickets available now. And listen, let me just tell y'all now, because, you know, we were, I didn't know we was going to release it this soon. But I know y'all heard that the RHAP live event is back. OK, who is coming back in May? And Wendell and I and Rob are so excited that, you know what? Let's do a kickoff party for the return of an RHAP live event. You know, I live for them. OK, so that is right. May. Third, a Tuesday, Bryce and Wynn present the kickoff, the official kickoff party to the RHAP live event. Tickets are available. So click the link in my bio and click on them links. And listen, we out here. You see your baby boy is out here trying to do my thing. And I appreciate all of the support. And I'm so excited to see everybody. Okay. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. But listen, let's keep this menu rolling. 
casualty with Amon and B. It's a casualty with Amon and B. It's a casualty with Amon and B. It's a casualty with Amon and B. And we are back this week, a hey, with your casual tea. We are back hey, this hey, week, hey, mm, hey, with your casual tea. Hey, we are back, 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 back. Welcome back, everyone. It is the casual tea. And of course, you know, I had to call the baby boy Aman back. It's been a while, but we are back. It's a lot. We got to cover because it's been such a while. And I feel like the world still going crazy and we have to give our takes on what is going on in this world. Aman, how have you been? What's going on with you? I have been wonderful over the past uh, couple of couple of weeks man i've been on my i've been trying to get on my a game i've been something about like turning 28 has changed something in my spirit the month of february was great i have been like like i said the last time like i've still been hitting the gym consistently i've been like my my stress levels are down now that i got this planner and everything that i've been like trying to get in my schedule i'm just like i'm just feeling it man i'm also like entered like a little bit of a of a sober era i have been like just like cutting cutting out all of the booze for like the past month and a half or so so i've just been like trying to like take care of me and just be a little healthier and make healthier eating decisions as well and just really just like focus on my mental health and my physical well, well-being and just you know taking care of my relationships and friendships and everything so I, yeah i feel really good i'm excited to be back and to be talking all this shit with you and just yes Yes, I echo that because I feel like we sprung forward. Mm-hmm. We, we did. Our, we did. Yes. And I, for me, I've been saying it and I've been saying it and I'm like, you know what? I am treating this time like it's summer. I feel like my season is summer and I wait all year and it's the shortest season of them all, in my opinion. So I'm like, you know what? Soon as we spring forward, it's giving very much... I'm out and about. I'm doing the things yeah. that like I want to do. So Get I, I love that. Yes. Okay. I need to be getting on my A game. I need to be running more. I need to be just like focusing on myself. So I like so receive that. And I echo that, you know, because we done sprung forward and it's summer for me. Hey. I've been trying to get like so, good sleep too. Like I was so excited because I felt like I got like eight hours of sleep tonight, but I actually I didn't because I woke up at eight. I went to bed at like twelve. Woke up at eight. I was like, okay, I'm on. You got your little eight hours. And then I remembered. <laughs> actually, it's really seven. So you really got that. <laughs> but it's not. It's more about how you feel than mm-hmm. you know the actual time metrics that you know we got. So I feel right. like you good. You don't I'm worry good. about it. They do say seven to eight. So you know I was oh, still in that listen. range. So yeah. still still in the healthy amount, child. I be some nights I be clocking three. Okay, I you know, know. <laughs> it'd be rough out here. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna cut this show off after the end of this episode. Then the end of the nope. episode, I'd be like, nope. oh. <laughs> 
Then you didn't finish okay. the whole season. And you're like, right. Well, let me ne- just check out the premiere of the next season just to see ne- what they're doing. Okay. <laughs> Netflix be like, are you still awake? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Stop playing with me. Um, but yes, we've got a lot to cover this week on the Casual Tea. So I just want to jump right back into it. Okay, listen, y'all. Florida. Come here. Get in here because we got to talk. Okay. (laughs) The parental rights and education bill dubbed as the don't say gay bill by LGBTQ activists has now been passed by the Florida Senate and House. The bill will limit what classrooms can teach about sexuality, orientation, and gender identity. Under the legislation, these lessons may not occur in kindergarten through third grade or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in according with the state standards. Now that's the get you, get you, gotcha part, okay? So it says may not occur in kindergarten through third grade or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with the state standards. The bill will also allow parents to sue schools or teachers, teachers that engage in these topics. If the bill ultimately signed into law, uh, if the bill was ultimately signed into law, it will go into effect July 1st. Governor Ron DeSantos said he supports the bill, though hasn't explicitly said if he'll sign it when it comes across his desk. LGBTQ plus act. Activists and ag- activists have slammed the decision to move the legislation forward, saying it will harm queer youth by shunning representation and inclusion in the classroom. And I echo that statement by the activists and that are speaking out against it. What are your thoughts, Aman? So I wanted to make sure that like I had as much information as possible before like figuring out how it was that I felt about the bill, because we've heard a lot of people that are critics of the bill call it the don't say gay bill. And so I was like, obviously it does. It, the bill doesn't say don't say gay in it. So I was like, OK, so what does this bill actually say um and i did read the bill and there's a lot of stuff in there about that that seems like common sense stuff at you know at first glance there's like stuff in there about how schools should be keeping parents notified about certain you know curriculum and school activities and clubs or organizations um schools do not have the right to keep those types of things away from parents. Um, No club or organization can get formed at the school that would um, keep the parents from being informed about like, you know, basic, basic stuff saying that parents should be informed about what their kids are doing at school, which obviously I think no one can disagree with. Like if I have a kid, of course I want to know what's going on in the school. Um, But then you get to the controversial part of the bill that talks about, you know, LGBT stuff and I'm trying to find the actual part of the bill that talks about it just so that I can make sure that I get it right. I think I found it and it says here we go. Uh, Wait, hold on. 
sorry. I should, okay, here we go. It says classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in the kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Student support services training developed or provided by a school district or school district personnel must adhere to student service guidelines, standards, and frameworks established by the Department of Education. So on first glance, I'm like, okay, so you don't want kids to learn about sex at a young age, right? But it says sexual orientation and gender identity, but we do that already. <laughs> I think that people forget uh, kids learn at a very young age which bathroom they're supposed to go to, right? That's gender identity right there within itself. You say, boys, you're not allowed in here. Girls, you're not allowed in here. That's gender identity. When you have um, books or scenarios or stories uh, about a parent and their child, a mom and a dad, that those are gender roles. Those are that's that's also introducing the concept, even though they don't quite understand the words sexual orientation at the young age, which I agree with, even though they don't maybe maybe they don't quite understand that concept, but they understand mommy daddy together. So you already introduce concepts like that from a very young age in school and beyond. So the question becomes, where do we draw the line at what is discussion of gender identity and sexual orientation in the classroom? Because that seems very nebulous. It doesn't seem like it's specific at all. It's very vague. What can teachers end up getting in trouble for that? And, and what does uh, what does the parent have the right to be offended by and therefore sue the district or a parent about? So. I'm or just like, <laughs> yeah, it just, it just doesn't feel, it feels more restrictive than it does as a safeguard. Cause I understand maintaining children's innocence, right? I think that we're, I think that most of us are okay with, with saying that kindergartners don't need to be worried about sex. But see that, but at the <laughs> same time, and I'll be finished up to this point, but at the same time, even in that regard, we still teach kids, or at least my parents taught me from a very young age, no one is supposed to be touching you down there. No one is supposed to be touching you here. Those are your private parts. So that is already like a bit of like a sexual conversation within itself to protect your children. So are you saying that kids can't go to their teachers and talk about if someone touched them in a wrong way? Like it, it just feels so like it's like, where is the line? Where do we stop? How much is too much? So I'm just a little confused and concerned about this bill and what it could potentially do to schools and to teachers. Uh, yeah. And for me, it's the part that well, there's a lot that I want to say. But for me, it's the part of to sue the, the school, the district or the teacher. For me, that seems so threatening. That's like, you know what? We're we we. The lawmakers, we not going to do nothing. But if somebody want to sue the teacher, it, it just it seems like just for me threatening for someone who went to school for education uh, just seems a little threatening on the, the teacher's part. But yet, like, what about the union? Like, you know, but like, you know, but we can't individually sue a police officer. It's more the the. 
the police department, right? So, like, why are we now singling out these teachers? Now, that's just random. That just came to my head. The thing about this bill that, for me, as a openly gay black man, that is so disrespectful, that is so disheartening, is that... So, at what age do y'all think we know that we're gay? Like, you know, like, like you know, it, it's not the same for everyone. But, baby, I can distinctly remember being in kindergarten and knowing that I'm different. I can yeah. distinctly remember in second grade knowing that I'm different. Got teased in second grade. And so, for me, and mm-hmm. I talk about representation. I talk about, like, you know, the power of seeing someone. The power of, like, knowing that it's going to be okay. Knowing that you're not different. Knowing that there's a whole community out there for you. Like, my issue is, is that if I had seen things differently when I was in second grade, my life trajectory would be completely different than it is today. Yep. And so, I just, like... I understand what they are trying to do. Like, yes, protect the innocence. But like, have y'all been into these schools? Because, you know, I'm a social worker. I go in. I, I deal with third graders. I deal with fourth graders. Like, you know, I'm not sure what cookie cutter world these uh, people, these this the Senate and the House and these these lawmakers are in. But like, I would love for you guys to go see a second grade in a urban setting and like it it, it, it it just for me it's just like y'all don't really know what's going on and again this is Florida so but again it's the ramifications of like what this could lead to and I also feel like it, it, it it's just such the emphasis on be, like identity and sexuality like like why does it have to be so demonized when it comes to the gay community like I don't understand it and it's like so frustrating to me because it's like children know this isn't something that we just flick on and off like you know what today it's giving real cold outside so I'm going to just flick my gay switch on I'm gay to that like it don't work like that (laughs) it doesn't work like that and I agree with you I I I might not have quite understood all of my feelings at a young age no one ever does but I did know that there was something a little um, I I knew something I knew I was fruity you know what I mean like I knew and like maybe maybe as like as early as maybe fourth grade maybe I knew that there was something a little off because I just enjoyed speaking with the boys in a different way than I enjoyed speaking with the girls you right know? Like, you know I knew I had like I, and I still had my girlfriends in third and fourth and fifth grade and all that I had like the little Valentine's Day gifts and everything like I still participated in that um but I I just knew that something was a little off and you know, it, 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 it. I learned that I also needed to hide it. I also learned that it was right. normal. Right. So what, I think that what, there are there are things that children pick up on and understand at a very young age. And I can understand wanting to protect your innocence, but I don't think that I don't think that not allowing uh, not allowing certain types of LGBT content into the classroom at a young age is the answer i don't think like because if i mean if everybody's everybody's family life is different if there's a if there is a a second grader who has two mommies or two daddies instead of of a mom and a dad and they have a question about a book because the book has a mom and a dad or two mommies or whatever 
what, like then then what what is the what is the what is the protocol then for that teacher when they say like, what is, so wh- why does my family look at it a little different like what's the protocol then and then what is the ramifications of that child that asks that question and then due to this law and legislation like the teacher has to act like it doesn't exist like what message does that send to that child right it's just it's just it's and, and then and then I, I feel like it does create a bit of a combative nature. I mean it's already combative within itself because you know we fight about everything in this country but I think you are putting that shot you're putting the parents in the position like so if, if I if I am a, a gay dad with a husband and I send my child to school um and I feel like a sense of urgency to let my child know that there's nothing wrong with this family. You're normal. We're normal. Everything's good. Like, don't let anybody tell you that that's not normal. And then that child goes into that classroom and then has some choice words or some choice questions about the erasure of families that look like his or hers. Then it just creates much more conflict than I think even needs to be there. Like, it just it's. It, there's the, the the fact of the matter is, folks, is that the the language in the bill is just not specific enough. I understand and I agree with making sure that parents have some say in the way that curriculum is set up in a school. I understand that entirely. I want to make sure I know what's being taught to my children. I want to make sure I know what they should be learning and you know how this works for the development and all of that stuff. I I understand that entirely. But I think taking a general brush and saying no LGBT, no gender identity talk at all in the classroom is allowed. I'm just like, okay, well then, do we just stop talking? Like, so that that goes for the straights as well. So we just stop having Mm. stories and scenarios about straight couples too. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And Mm -hmm. I I listened. I listened to a, a Twitter space the other night with Christian Walker. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's. A young conservative black, I believe he's, I believe he's mixed, which, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, gay male who is, you know, very vehemently against a lot of liberalism and liberals and all sorts of stuff. Like he's a full blown Republican, you know, you know, so, you know, and he had a, he hosted a Twitter space and pretty much defending the bill and it was debating or pretty much not debating, but screaming at a bunch of, you know, people that were for the bill that would come into his Twitter space. And he'd be like, you guys never read the bill. The bill doesn't say that you're, that kids can't have conversations on their own. The bill doesn't say that, you know, gay kids, you know, have to feel ashamed about who they are. Um, and the reason why people, when people would ask him, Oh, well, so why is it okay if straight stuff is talked about, but gay stuff isn't? He's like, well, that's because straight people are able to procreate. And I'm like, okay, so we're at the core here, at least for a Christian Walker. He's like, oh, so because straight people or straight couples serve some sort of like function, biological function in society, that is why. And it's because it's the norm. That's why it's allowed in school and stuff that it is out of the norm shouldn't be talked about until later. I'm like, that doesn't really hold much water to me because we talk about things that are out of the norm all the time across all different subjects. So that's sort of how you learn. It's, it's, it's called getting a holistic education because the world doesn't just work in the way that you think it should. The world doesn't work in a way that you see with your own two eyes. There are many different cultures, all types of things that the world encompasses. And we should learn about as much of that. It's not indoctrination to learn that a different type of person exists. It's just education. That's it. So I just... 
because uh, because at first I you know I, I gotta say when I when I first read the bill and I thought about it I was like okay I mean I'm fine with kids not learning about sex until a younger until until an older age but when you really think about the language of the bill it's not specific enough it doesn't it just means that there is so much more that teachers can get in trouble for right and I think it's just I don't think that that's necessary at all I think it creates a culture of fear at school and that's ridiculous uh, a thousand percent also lends me to think about like the HIV and AIDS rate in the person the gay male person of color ratio compared to a lot of other uh, ratios and it is so high and you wonder why so we are taking out talking about these type of stuff when actually these type of conversations really need to happen They, they are really important because if it's not talked about, doesn't exist, and then when this queer male falls in love and doesn't know how to practice safe sex because, oh, I guess they we can't procreate, so what's the point of us learning about safe sex, right? Like, you know, so then his yeah, life doesn't matter because... Na- backwards thing that I heard him You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, me. it's just like, oh, okay, so don't put our health, don't put our... Like, you know, because that's the reality of it. Like, and again, I've talked about this before. Like, I've never really had the safe sex talk with my mom. I've never, like, you know, I've never learned about safe sex as it pertains to a gay relationship with gay men and I think that it's so important and I think that like but that's just the world and the community that I live in right and that's that's another thing that I didn't think about at first too was because I I did have this conversation with a couple of my friends the other night and I and I and this is when I was kind of less against the bill than I than I am now or at least not against the bill in its entirety because there's a lot of things in the bill that I do agree with but like as far as like the sex conversation is concerned I was like yeah I don't think that kindergartners need to be talking about sex and for the most part from what I understand I mean I'm not in every single school so I don't know what's going on in every single school but I don't think that kindergartners are learning about sex like they're not teaching them that stuff and i and i and i with i made that point to my friend several times and i was like and i and my parents were very proactive with me and my sister about sex at a very young age like they told us like when we were, at least when we were like third fourth grade definitely by fifth grade we knew what sex was and like how it happens and all of that stuff and um, he was like well lamon that's you and your parents what about these parents that don't teach their kids any of that stuff and they're like the only place that they would learn it is in school and so now that they are pretty much wiping that out for this entire age group like when will they learn it if they don't ever get it then and I was like well they can wait for fourth grade or fifth grade I guess but it's not like not like they don't listen to the radio not like they don't see videos not like they just pop this in the like okay not like let's let's act like them kindergarten first second third fourth grade they ain't listening to that like let's pretend that yeah it's like it 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 poses a real philosophical question right like it's like an age old question about like what should the government be responsible for what should what should your what should schools be responsible for and what should parents be responsible for because in some instances schools serve as a safeguard for like if parents don't make enough money to put food on the table all the time you go to school you get lunches you get breakfasts that's what schools are a big we learned that during the pandemic that when kids cannot go to school they were a lot of families were having a big problem feeding their kids so we we rely on schools for that we rely on schools for education. We rely on schools for. There are some school districts that give um, that have um, after school programs set up at the schools because the parents can't um, pay for childcare because they have to work late. So there are a lot of childcare and child rearing services that schools take care of in this country, and so 
what so it's okay for that type of stuff but when it comes to like sex education then it's like the the question of like how much do you want your schools to be you know responsible for and if the answer is to cut it all out at least in the beginning okay so then but if the parents don't teach it then when do they learn and then it brings up like the issues that you were talking about in like more pregnancies at a younger age more uh stis being uh spread around it's like so who who bears the brunt of the blame you know what i mean like and i think that that is such a hard question to answer because everybody's gonna have a different opinion and so that's why bills like this get brought up and then you don't even have to war- and then that's not even counting in all of the the questions about like whether or not like the woke the woke left and liberals are trying to sexualize children and they're, they're trying to spread this agenda and turn all the kids trans and aren't, turn all the kids uh and gay and it's just a it's a it's a it's a it's a we're running from god and all of that like that's discounting all of that so it's just like it's such a messy messy mm. messy topic that i don't even know if we're even going to get an, a clear-cut answer ever for so right um and you bring up a great segue because the Florida legislation approved a bill on Thursday that limits how workplaces and school teach about race and identity uh, all but securing a victory for state Republicans to more closely control how these issues are covered in the classroom. The measure prohibits trainings that cause someone to feel guilty or ashamed about the past collective actions of their race or sex. It passage clears the way uh, for Governor Ron DeSento to sign on the top of his legislation's priorities into law. Thursday's vote again places Florida at the forefront of a simmering national political and cultural debate as legislation across the country's move to restrict how race and other sensitive topics are taught into public classrooms. The battle has been especially intense across the South and parts of the Midwest as white Republican lawmakers have clashed with their black uh, colleagues six weeks ago, the entire black delegation of the Mississippi Senate walked out when the chamber considered a similar measure. <laughs> so, I mean, so, what do you think? Not for me. It's the measures. Prohibiting training that causes someone to feel guilty or ashamed of the past collective actions of of their race or sex. So. Okay. (laughs) I just. It's just like. I just. (laughs) For me. It's like, and again, I I just think of it's the inception of the casualty, the idea of us to even have this segment on the podcast was to be able to have uncomfortable conversations for us to be having conversations that people don't normally have or shedding light to opinions that may not be the popular opinion. And I feel like that if you we can't have these type of conversations and I can't control how somebody feels or what I might say that might make someone feel upset. However, it is in which the manner and that you deliver the information. So I, I, 
again, I just feel like, and again, it's very vague. And again, I feel like these legislations are meant to be very vague. For me, that's the threatening point of it. So we guess we can't talk about slavery, right? Because then if that were to make somebody, somebody feel some type of way because his, like you, it, it, it's yeah. just like, it's slowly but surely, and we've seen this time and time again in history, the world history of how, edu- like, first of all, knowing of our history is so important because it's like, History repeats itself. And if we as a society do not learn from our mistakes, what happens? We repeat history. This type of legislation for me is trying to erase history. And if we erase history, then younger generations won't learn about slavery, won't learn about the Holocaust, won't learn about the genocides that take place and like you know like they they won't learn about all of the things that have happened in the world that is so horrible and ugly that we need to learn about that you should feel some type of way that you should you should have a reaction you should feel a type of way mm-hmm uh, yeah, I mean, I just it, it, it carries some of the same issues that the the don't say gay bill poses. Like the language is just. Uh, I mean, if yeah, like if you're going to feel uncomfortable of talking about slavery, then I don't I don't know what to tell you. That's you should you probably should not feel good about slavery. I don't think anybody feels good about slavery. And if you feel good about slavery, then. That's something that you should examine. Like, I don't like and another thing is like critical race theory. I mean, people a lot of critics of critical race theory like to say that it's being promulgated and propagated through all of these like the curriculum of schools. Like in what way? Like, I, I know that there might be some, you know. I, we we have heard stories of some teachers. Like I don't know. I guess if, if people are familiar with. I think her name is, excuse me, Jane Elliott, who um, was. Uh, I believe she was a college professor. I'm not entirely sure what her profession was, but she did a lot of uh, workshops with white people and black people back in like the early '80s, late '90s. Um, you know, putting them through experiments, trying to teach what it was, teach white people what it was like for black people during, during the times of slavery, during the times of the civil rights movement, just trying to put people in other people's shoes. And of course that wasn't, that wasn't in schools. It was more of like a a college level thing, but we have heard stories of certain teachers trying to introduce concepts and experiments like that in high school, some in middle school. And I can understand like once again, parents wanting to be informed ahead of time about how their, how their students are going to be taught. Or how the children are going to be taught. I understand that. I want parents to be involved in those decisions, and I don't think that teachers should have just free leeway to just do whatever the fuck they want to do. Like you, you are there to do a job. You are there to teach them whatever it is that you were hired to teach them. Um, and if you want to make your lessons engaging, yes, there should be a there should be a way that you need to. You should be able to go through a process where you get things approved, right? And I, I, I agree with that. But I don't like once again. But this bill doesn't seem to be about that. It seems to be more about wiping things in its entirety from the curriculum. Because if people if things are going to make students feel uncomfortable, then anything could be wiped. Anything. Right. And that's the issue here. Like it doesn't it, it like if you're going to feel uncomfortable about learning about slavery, if you're going to feel uncomfortable about learning about the civil rights movement, then that's not that should not be on the teacher. and It should not be on the curriculum. It's just your history. It just is what it is. Right. Point blank period. 
So I, I it just I feel like there's like this overcorrection that I think happens every single time when we have I mean and we've had this conversation before about how when there's a, a group of people that have been marginalized for a very long time and they are finally starting to get their seat at the table, yes, sometimes the pendulum can shift too far to the right, which is why you have phenomenon such as like cancel culture and people maybe getting uh, persecuted for each and every little small little thing that they do. So sometimes yes, there is some overcorrection that we can bring back down so things are like back down into the middle for equity for everybody which is what we ultimately want so I agree with that but I don't think that bills like this are the answer to that I think that bills like this are like you know what I just see we see white people and black people fighting a lot more and we don't like it so let's just stop talking about race in its entirety it's like nah that doesn't seem like the answer I don't think that that's the answer like but see for me it's like it's, it's, it's interesting because like for me it's like I just feel like this type of bill, like, oh, okay, so, like, so we can't talk about slavery. Can we talk about the Civil War? Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, can we talk about apartheid in South Africa? Like, it's just like, for me, my personal thought, and this is just my personal thought, and again, if you don't disagree, if you disagree with me, disagree with me. Like, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it. But again, just my like thoughts on it. It's just like, it's just these laws and legislations from my lived experience and from how I see life. It's just giving it's coming from a very one sided place. If you feel what I'm putting down, just giving me that it is like, it's just from a particular group. And it just seems, yeah, like, it's just, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 I'll listen, I I just feel like, I sort of like liken it to cancer, right? Like, you have a patient who has cancer, and they've had cancer for quite some time, right? And you decide to introduce some sort of therapy, chemotherapy, drugs, whatever it is to rid the body of that cancer, whether it needs to be surgical, whether it be chemotherapy, whatever it is, you try to get rid of the cancer. And then the cancer, like sometimes you go into remission. Like cancer isn't cured, it's just in remission. So it's like, you know, you are generally healthy and you're living a better life and things are a lot better for you, but you still have that that sort of like that, that, is that fear that it could kind of come back. That's what I sort of see racism as in this country. Like we've been cancer ridden for since this country's inception and we are finally in a point where we are doing what it takes you know would surgically remove it which you would which you would say would be in all the laws and the legislation saying okay you are not allowed to do this anymore you cannot enslave people you cannot discriminate against people for the basis of color religion whatever it is that would be surgical remover and then surgical removal and then in terms of like chemotherapy those would be methods like oh well you know we are going to start introducing practices that help us maintain this level of equity. So we're going to do some diversity trainings. We're going to create more art that is more inclusive. We're going to we're going to put more people in situations where they are around people that they don't, that they don't look like. That will be the chemotherapy side of it. So now we're at this point now where we are sort of like in a remissive stage where we've done a lot. We've made a lot of progress. This country is not what it was 400 years ago. This country is not what it was even 50 years ago. We've done so much good work as a people, as a society. But there's still this underlying 
bits and pieces that still nag at us. And we're trying to figure out ways in which to nip it in the bud. And it's hard. And it's hard to do that because we still don't quite understand. Well, I mean, as far as cancer is concerned, we don't quite understand initially where we know how it works. We just don't know how it gets started. We don't know why it happens. But as far as racism is concerned, we know the origins. We know why it started. And we know how it continues to happen. So now what we're all disagreeing on, what some of us are disagreeing on, is the methods in which we take to get rid of it. And it just feels like every time we try to make a, a big step forward, it's like there's still like this, this nagging thing where it's like, nope, not too much now. Like, well, now that we have all these white people fighting black people and all sorts of stuff and like all this woke stuff is happening, now we need to, we, get, we, got, we, got, we, get, we just can't talk about it at all because y'all don't know how to act. That's how it mm. feels to me. Mm. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to stop talking about it. It doesn't make sense to say we can't have these lessons in these conversations. And once again, critical race theory is something that is taught in law school. It's not an overarching like theme that is taught in elementary school. We had to fight for black history to be even get mm. taught. Mm. And it still isn't even taught mm. in certain places. Mm. So it just doesn't... Uh, I don't get mm. it, man. I mean, I get it, but I, I understand what people are trying to say. I just don't feel like that we have the right answer here by saying let's just not talk about it at all. Of course, and for me, it's just the undertones. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just the undertones of this bill. And of course, you can read it, and people be like, "I mean, I don't think it's that bad," but it's like, "Oh, okay." Like it's a dog whistle, and it's just for me, it's disheartening and and concerning because it's 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 the history. It's it's American history. So regardless of if it make you feel some type of way that your great, 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 great grandfather, grandmother mm-hmm. was a slave owner, you should feel some type of way. But what if my great, 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 great was a slave? Mm. And actually, for me, it actually wouldn't be that. It would be my great, great, great. You, yeah, you only, you, you, okay. you give off. Okay. Greats. Uh, okay. So I, I'm, I, I'm just saying, like, it just seems very one-sided, and it doesn't seem like it's on the side of the people that actually should feel some type of way about it. You know, it, it doesn't, it, 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 it just, like, for me. But... Child, I guess th- this is the episode of the bills and legislation. Because l- <laughs> let me let me keep on going. A judge has said that a governor's order to consider medically accepting treatment for transgender youth as abuse has been improperly adopted and violated and violated the state constitution. Investigations of parents with transgender children for possible child abuse was temporarily halted across Texas on Friday after a state court ruled that the policy ordered last month by Governor Greg Abbott had been improperly adopted and violated the state constitution. The injunction was issued by Judge Amy Clark Merchman in Travis County stemmed from the legal challenge by the parents of a 16-year-old transgender girl. Her family was among the first to be investigated by the state's Department of Family and Protective Services under... Governor Abbott's order, which directed the state officials to consider medically accepted treatments for transgender youth, including hormones and puberty suppressing drugs as abuse. So I know a lot of people got a lot of things to say about this, but my the the bigger overarching for me in this story was that when they issued that to for any parent that 
essentially is supporting your trans your trans child's transition to be considered child abuse. One, my first thought is do y'all even care about the social workers? Because if you knew the type of investigation that we already have to investigate, now y'all want to put that on us? Okay, that's my first thought because I'm a social worker and I'm just like, oh, okay, so now let's use more state money, state-funded, federal-funded money that is not funded enough to us social workers and give us some other BS to investigate. But what I think about is in these first two bills that we talked about, okay, so it's like y'all saying we can't talk about this type of stuff in the school. Okay, that's fine. So then if they talk about in the home and the parent is accepting of their child and want to help them transition, now they now they're going to be investigated for child abuse. So it's like which one is it? It's now I, I am I understand people's concern about hormone treatment and you know mm-hmm. puberty suppressing drugs i un- i un- i i hear the debate mm-hmm. and i understand it however keep that same energy for lip injections for breast enhancements for tattoos for hair color like you 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 see what road I'm going down on my like keep that same energy then except because you don't typically allow children to get lip injections oh oh baby bitch oh baby baby oh, correct me if I'm wrong baby, correct me if I am wrong I thought that, I thought baby, that wasn't allowed but I guess baby with your parents consent oh, baby wow. Oh wow Not the lip injections in 5th grade Baby Fillers Botox Botox? Like what do you need Bitch you just Baby You just got out the box Baby (laughs) So my thing is Keep that same energy But it's not And again Whether my personal belief On if I were to have a child that was transitioning, and uh, and I think the TLC, uh, what's that show? Um, ooh, it's the TLC with the young jazz. Jazz. I think yeah. th- that show was so interesting because it essentially is tackling this. Like jazz was a, a, a trans, beautiful young lady, um, and she wanted to transition, and it was to the point that her parents had said it's either. Literally lose our daughter because Jazz was considering suicide at one point. Mm -hmm. Or we get on board and support our child and whatever it is that they want to do. And again, I feel like I do feel like there should be an age to getting hormones and suppressing drugs. But again, I'm not a parent. I'm, I don't live in that home. I'm not dealing with a suit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it, it, it should be up to the parent's discretion. I do think it should be a certain age, but I understand. And yeah. again, for me, it just, it, it again sends a message that says that trans is wrong. Like, but, uh, because it's like, again, people, it's not, ooh, it's sunny today. Let me turn on my trans switch. I'm going to be trans today. Like, that's what people do not understand. It's not a flip. Let me switch it. It's not a, ooh, I'm gay today. Ooh, tomorrow is given bisexual. Thursday is like, no, like, no. 
Yeah, and it's. It, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that happened with gay people, right? It's like people thought that being gay was like, uh, like just like it's all in your mind. It's like a, it's a, it's a disease. It's like a, it's a, it's not right. It's you're, you're, you're it's just a phase that you will go through, and you just need whatever it is. Like I don't know what they, you know, you know, shock therapy or Jesus. They've come up with a bunch of different methods of trying to get rid of the gay. Um, so I think when it comes to like gender dysphoria, it's like the same thing. It's like, you know, you might you might be experiencing it as a young kid, but like, why don't you just wait until you're an adult to make that decision? It's like that might not be that kid's experience. Like for right. she knew at a very young age and that's that's just what it was for her. And I know that there are stories about people that thought that they were trans and wanted to make the transition and, and some of them have made the transition and then they're like, Oh, you know what? I don't, this wasn't right. Some of, there are those stories, which is fine, but that doesn't mean that you should restrict it for everybody else. It's like, cause I agree with you. I mean, I don't, I t- there, really, there, sorry I, to cut you off, but there are stories of people being in marriages for 20 years and having children and then saying, you know what? Well, mm. well, okay. well, mm. well, so, I mean, I just, it's, I think, because I'm, it, it, for me, I I do need to do a lot more research when it comes to the stories of trans people. I will admit that I am not as informed um, when it comes to a lot of these nitty gritty details about what it means to transition and everything. Um, so I, I I don't know. I mean, at this point, and like in in the limited knowledge that I do have, I do agree with you. I think that there maybe there should be some sort of limit. Maybe there should be some sort of like. Where you need, where you need to sit down with doctors and therapists and psychologists so that you can really understand the gravity of the choice that you are making before making that decision. I don't think that it's something that should be taken lightly. Um, but I also don't know if like demonizing children and demonizing their parents is also the answer. Like that just seems a bit extreme. I don't, I think that there is like this idea. On, I don't even I won't say the right or the conservatives because I don't like generalizing folks. I think there are people that are on the left that feel the same way as some of these people do. I think there are all sorts of people that feel all types of ways, no matter what your political leanings are about trans identity and things of that nature. I think that they just think, oh, it's there's like this big agenda now that is telling all of these kids that they are not what they were born as. And now that there is more access to um, to gender, uh, what do you call it? Gender switch. Gender is a proper word for it, but I can't think of it right now. Gender reassignment. There we go. Gender reassignment surgeries. Now that we now that that's a little bit more readily accessible to more people, and we see it happening more often, they see it as oh look, see it's the woke media shit teaching all of these kids that they're trans and it's like i don't know if it's that or if there already were this amount of trans people and they just didn't have access 10 15 20 years ago so now you actually get to see what a world looks like in which trans people can actually get access to that stuff at a younger age so i I don't know i would have to do more time and research and maybe we maybe we should have some a trans person on talk about their experience on this show and give us a little bit of context um but i I, I yeah. Like once again, I think it's just it's it's overcorrection. It's like let's just get rid of this thing entirely. Let's 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 criminalize this activity in its entirety to stop it from happening. And I'm like, I don't think that that's the answer either. Clearly, something is going on here, and we need to figure out what is going on and how to help people as opposed to criminalize them. So right. 
But again, last thing, and we can get off these bills. It just seems like it is a. Can you pay my gas bill? Honestly, just okay. name this whole episode. Bills, 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 baby. Listen. Thanks, Destiny Child. Oh, listen, we waiting for that album. But I, I just, again, I feel like it is just this one. It, it just seems like it's coming from one side. And let our babies be babies. Let our babies tell us what they need from us. Like, let's not get it from the laws. Like, I just like, you know, but we going to keep mo- keep it moving. And OK, uh, we have where we are. Um, so the Russian Federal Customs Service said that in its official statement detained an American basketball player after finding a vape cartridge containing a. Uh, T, uh, THC oils in her luggage at an airport near Moscow. Um, the WNBA player Brittany Grinner. Okay. Um, first of all, some people is like, well, why is she over there in Russia anyway? Well, if y'all don't know, you know, in this country, we don't pay our women equally uh, that we pay our men. And unfortunately, the WNBA players basically make minimum wage and it isn't enough to live off. And some players during their off season, they will go to overseas to make more money. Russia in particular pays female basketball players very well, especially the ones that are well, uh, well known um, in the States, such such as Brittany Grinner. Um, and so it is... Um, According to the statement, a criminal case has been opened into the large scale uh, transportation of drugs, which can carry a sentence up into 10 years behind bars in Russia. The basketball player was taken into custody while the investigation is ongoing. Also, let's just be said, this happened about four weeks ago. Mm. And we are literally just learning about Britney's arrest like a week ago. And I think that it is... Of course, they're saying that Russia wants to use her as an example to make it to other people like we aren't we don't tolerate the transportation of drugs. But let's read between the lines here. We know what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. We know the United States stand in NATO. And in my opinion, this is Russia essentially holding a hostage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, look, I mean, look what's going on. Like, right. Russia is literally waging war against Ukraine over nothing. Over nothing. Nothing. Just invaded. And there are thousands, it's being reported, at least by Ukrainian officials, thousands of Russian soldiers that have been killed in this pointless war. Families, Ukrainian families, mothers, children killed in this war pointless war again from a madman putin um and now because america because we like to involve ourselves in everything and that's not a dig at well it is a bit of a dig at us but this is something that we definitely should be involved in in my opinion i understand before and before people listen to me say that like i'm on do you understand that you're saying that, that you know that we, you want us to go to war with russia and that could be like the death of us all i'm not saying that we need to go, jump into a war what i am saying is i think that it is really hard not just america but everybody i think it's very hard for us to sit here and look at what russia is doing and be like oh well all right well Good luck, Ukraine. Like, we can't do that. We can't do that. Either. Right. We can't just sit on our thumbs. 
So it's clear that they are using Britney as some sort of like bargaining chip where it's like, oh, well, you know, well, let's just imprison this American and, you know, and, and, and make things really, really hard for 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 them over there to, to, to get involved. Like it's all it's 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 clear as day over some over some cartridges, girl, really. Really? And now they're making her seem to be out like this. She's supposed to be like this drug. Transport this drug mule. Stop playing. Like, come on now. It is as clear. Like, Putin ain't shit. Okay? Mm. It's as clear as day. And... I feel bad for all of the all of the Russians that are over there saying this is some bullshit like Putin needs to stop and it's so much harder for them to speak candidly like we can over here because people wind up dead and kidnapped and all sorts of shit over there. And you heard I I believe Monday Russia is cutting off the Instagram you know their their television their TV broadcasting like they can't get outside information into Russia anymore right now. The government is cutting it off. How you do that? And it makes you really wonder, like, what our government could do. It's kind of scary. How you do that? Very easy. So you, control, you control the internet over there. You control everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing with North Korea. Like, right. them people are so, so... Like, I'm scared of those hoes over there because they are fed so much anti-American sentiment day to day to day. They are ready to put their lives and their bodies down on the line to go and into a war with us and the rest of the world at any given moment. And it looks like Putin wants to do the exact same thing. It is like the world is sick right now. It really is. And just to make a comparison, like us as Americans who see things like that, like look at like, you know, that's propaganda, like them for them to be able to just put this propaganda out and we see what it does, what, what it can do. Right. But yet, what are we doing in them legislations that we were just talking about? Right. We, mm. Yeah, we are not. Mm. Yeah, we are not in mm. whatsoever. It's the same stuff happens over here. The exact same stuff happens over here. And we allow it. So mm. this is this this entire exchange has that, been so opening uh, eye opening for me. Like it really has made me reexamine just how much I, you know, rely on the Internet for so much. And it's it's scary. It's really scary. Right. Think about it. It really is. And not even like for me, what is so scary is that like what people don't realize is that some people that have family members in other countries and different things that, you know, they rely on Instagram or Facebook to stay in contact with people for them to check in for their safety. And they're cutting it. And I think it was a report that like, I think 80 percent of the Russian People that use Instagram uh, follow accounts in other countries. Yeah. So it's like yeah. they're literally trying to, to cut the people off from the world and feed them whatever ish that they want to feed them to to get them to be behind them for the war when they know it's some BS. Yeah. When they know that when they know Putin crazy, when, you know, I just like I, I just am like. But yeah, I mean, just the war in itself is scary. Just hearing the reports of Russia bombing civilian apartment buildings, like just, you know, hospitals. And it does make me so grateful. Okay, listen, they say his, his finger is, you know, him saying anybody that takes, intervenes in this will never seen 
will we'll never see anything like this. First of all, that sounds something familiar somebody else said, but it, it's just like, you know, the stories of the people of color, the immigrants in the Ukraine who aren't afforded to get on the trains to flee. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, I feel like I, I would highly racism don't take no day off. Okay, it don't, it don't, it don't, and it, it and it travels frequently. It has it has frequent flyer uh, hours or miles? Okay, like it, it's everywhere. Um, and I would encourage people to um, look for Ukrainian news sources because I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not saying you can't trust. All of the stuff that the American media is putting out, like I think that we are, from what I've been seeing, we have a fairly good, you know, amount of information coming from our um, news outlets about what's going on over there. But I would, if you really want like feet to the ground information and updates, I would recommend f- like um, finding Ukrainian Twitter accounts and things of that nature, so that you can actually see the real time what's going on over there um, and follow their politicians over there just so that you can gain a better understanding about just how atrocious things are over there. Because I think sometimes even for us, we can get things that are a little glossed over a little bit because they mm-hmm. don't give it. So it's just, just, I, I encourage everyone to just, you know, triple check, fact check all of your things. Just make sure that you are trying to get as much information as possible from as many different sources as possible to, so that you can paint an accurate picture about what's going on over there because it's, it's really crazy and it, it gets I don't know sometimes I just get I just feel such guilt and I feel mm-hmm. such which doesn't do anything for anybody so I don't want this to be like oh, oh whoa was him on like oh look at him on for caring like it's not even about that it's just it's just examining like my own feelings about like damn like there are literally people over there that are like in such a shitty condition and here I am living a generally normal life and it just feels so ugh like it just feels wrong and I don't know what to do about it you know it's just ugh Whenever, whenever, and I oftentimes feel like that, but I always think of like the the one saying that Gandhi said that suffrage is universal. And so that that for me, because I I definitely feel what you're saying. And for me, it puts just a lot in my life perspective of the things that I complain about, the things that I take for granted. And again, like we've never had a war on our doorsteps from an outside yeah. invader. Yeah. And people will be like, oh, the Civil War. No, but I'm talking about, like, you know what I mean? Like, in, in, in modern day times. Like that, except, you know, 9-11, of course. Right. But, like, we've never had tanks in our street. Well, actually, you know, Philadelphia, we did last year when, with the Black Lives Matter. But I'm just saying, like, from an outside invader, we've never been occupied. We've never, like, we've never experienced that. And that, like, and that's a privilege. It really is. It's really a privilege. A privilege. And I think people forget that that like, I mean, I know that there's like a lot of when you talk about propaganda, like we love to call ourselves the most powerful nation in the world and like that we are unstoppable and we would literally destroy the whole world if anybody came to mess with us. Like, and while there's certainly some truth to that, like that's we're definitely beat. Yeah, I'm saying we're definitely beating our, you know, our fists on our chest. Like we're like we we like to get buck real quick. But that doesn't mean that we don't live in the same tenuous situation that anybody else lives in. Right. If somebody wanted to bring it to us then it will be some shit so i've traveled abroad i've been to several countries and continents and you know I always say this, that, you know, when I first started traveling, first of all, I first started traveling abroad when I was 12 by myself. Well, I'm lying. 13 turning 14. So hope they don't make no legislation about like, you know, that soon that, you know, but yes, I I traveled abroad very young. Um, My mom, my family wanted me to experience. And so 
more recently, I've been to Europe. I've been to other countries. And like, you know, I always, you know, I've been to Cuba. I've been like, I've been into a lot of different places. And for me, what always is so shocking is that like, you know, us as Americans, we all, we, you know, like the propaganda that we've been fed. We the biggest, we the baddest, we the world's nation. And I be like, are we? Because I've been to some of these European countries and why their subway system is more advanced than ours? Why is there education? Like why when I go to Europe, Everyone speaks at least three different languages. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what you know, it's just like it, it really makes you stop and think uh, of that. And that is my worry that if something were to jump off, which I don't want it to, but like, would we be able to protect ourselves? Like how we say we able to protect ourselves? Like I just like that scares me. And one, I don't want no nuclear war. Like I mean, so it, it, it's it's just. Um, scary times out here it's important for people to be and I just say this just at the very least what we could do in our own world and realm is be nice to each other be nice to the people that you interact with we're over here fighting about like all these bills and all this stuff and it just really puts every which are still important bills and everything it's still important the conversations that we have here but when you put it up to like all of the stuff that's happening in the Ukraine it's like damn like Man, like we, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to have like a, a really negative mood, but it's just, I it's, don't know. It just really makes you think. It's like uh, we'd be worried about the wrong things, so. right? The the wrong thing. And what a great segue, okay? Kim Kardashian' latest comment oh is drawing God. some fire, okay? In an interview with Variety, the forty-one-year-old reality star revealed. Her advice to women in business. Her words of wisdom have caused a swift backlash. Kim says, I have the best advice for women in business. Get your effing ass up and work, she said. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. Kourtney Kardashian agreeing, saying that's so true. You have to surround yourself with people that want to work. Have a good work environment where everyone loves what they do because you have one life, Kim noted. No toxic work environment environments and show up and do the work and baby the twitters gathered her now this is what i would say i understand and first of all not this coming out in march during women's month but i understand what kim is saying like i get it I don't think that that's just for women. I feel like that's for anybody. Get your ass up and work. But see, what I, I I think the issue is, is that Miss Kimberly, like, I think that there is a difference between getting your ass up and work and you should love what you do <laughs> when you've come from a wealthy family. And so, you know, you've had a uh, a father who was a, an attorney for the stars. You have an Olympic gold medalist as a step parent. You had wealth. And so, like, you know, maybe when you get up and work hard, it seems to pay off a lot more for you as opposed to the regular degular person, the mother with three kids by herself who get her ass up and work every day. Probably works more harder than you, sister girl. And she ain't getting six million dollars. She's getting seven dollars an hour that can barely feed her children. What like I, I, I think that girl know your audience, okay? I I understand what you're saying. But sweetie, 
the the millions and millions and millions of girls that follow you that look up to you like I don't think that that's the message that you should be saying like that like don't get me wrong I get what you're saying because me as a black gay man not even a woman I gotta get up I gotta work harder than the next person because like they don't even see me so mm-hmm. I but for women out here that get get paid significantly less than men for the same job you tell her how to get her ass up and go to work Miss Mamas come here Kimberly come here so I could pop you and say, girl, what is you doing? <laughs> no. <laughs> she really said, get your fucking ass up and work. <laughs> Just like, like that. Get your ass up and work. Oh, my God. <laughs> Miss Mamas. She did this on purpose. I'm convinced she did it on purpose because she knew everybody would get pissed off at her. She's not dumb. She knew she knew that everybody was going to be like she she had to have known that this is going to send everybody into a tailspin and what's it doing is doing the same thing that it's been doing for the past 15 years is have us all sitting here talking about Kim Kardashian's ass okay like it's just <laughs> like girl you know you know like you not every there are plenty of people with sex tapes out there okay not all of them get famous off of them. Okay? And not all of the girls that have sex tapes even had the proximity to all of these people that were in your life that could have switched that sex tape into what it actually became. Okay? That's the only reason. I hate when people like, I hate when people, I know that people hate when people make this point about Kim because they're always like, oh, well, you know, like, just because she's a sex doesn't mean that she doesn't deserve what she has. I didn't say that because that's a philosophical question that I do not care to really get into right now. <laughs> Whether or not somebody can is is allowed to be famous off of sex, like you can ask your philosophy professor about that one. I don't really care, but the fact of the matter is, but you got to be in third grade or above, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she had famous friends because her daddy has famous friends. And that she parlayed she that. Access. She had the money. Like stop. Right. And so she had she had sex tape with some famous people. And that skyrocketed her. And then she turned it into this big thing that she got going on now. Okay? That's not something that every regular, regular girl has access to. Okay. Okay? So, yes. Kudos to you for doing what you had to do and creating this empire and all of this stuff. That's wonderful. I'm happy for you, sis. Not everybody would have been able to do it, even if they had the access. So, yes, there is something to be said about what you have accomplished. But please don't (laughs) sit here and act like all the women that you just talked about are not as successful as you are because they did not work. Mm. Come on and I know that you know this and I know that you only said it because you want people to get all up in the tizzy I know it's part of your it's part of your brand so we get it so I once again I just cannot wait and it probably will never come so I'm just gonna be waiting for a long time I just can't wait for the day that most people are collectively like I don't really care about her anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I, like how Paris Hilton kind of is. Like, their Paris Hilton has been kind of making like a bit of like a, of a reemergence nowadays. But she used to be the it girl, the it famous for famous, mm-hmm. being famous girl 
all over the tabloids and the magazines and everybody like if she was the Kim Kardashian of the 2000s, right? And then all of a sudden, whether this be because of her undoing or whatever, she kind of just faded a little bit. Nobody really gave too much of a crap about what she does. And I am just waiting for the day that the Kardashians become those people that everybody's like, who's the Kardashians? Screw them. Who cares about them? And of course, it'll just be some new family at that point that'll do the same exact thing that they have done. Because, you know, they're every fa- we, we just need we have an obsession with fame that will never go away. People just love fame. It's just is just it's just human nature. We just love it. OK, we can't get enough of it. So uh, it'll just be somebody else that takes her space. But I just can't wait for Kim to have like run her course because it's tired and it's old and she's not very interesting at all. <laughs> she's just not, guys. She's not. She's not. Okay, she's famous and she's pretty and she's rich. That's it. That's literally it. And you know what? And I, you know what? And I, and I do like the fact that she's been. She went to law school and she's been doing her best for criminal justice reform and all that stuff. I do appreciate that. That's great, Kim. That is wonderful. And I, I hope that you continue to do that. Uh, that is great. I will not take that away from you. But all the other stuff, girl, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm good. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I I like Kim, <laughs> and it's fine. It's no, fine. But no. You know, like, I mean, I take it with a grain of salt. Like, I mean, I like pickles and peanut butter, too. So, like, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Everybody, that's what I'm saying. Like, even when she's gone, it'll just be somebody else. Okay, so people, people love that stuff. I mean, she's a reality television star as well. She provides drama and entertainment and and things to talk about. I I get it. Like, I'm not, and this isn't to shame anybody for like it. Because I like, there are a lot of people that don't mean shit that I like, too. You know what I mean? So, we all got that within us. Like, it's it, it just is what it is. But I just feel like, for me personally, Kim Kardashian has long run her course for me like I have no I am no longer like I'm on to the next thing she's not interesting to me anymore it just is what it is oh, okay yeah <laughs> but I, I just feel like yeah like girl but it also for me just like it makes it shows me how tapped in you're not like you know what I mean it just shows me how like removed from society you really are to make statements mm-hmm. like this like but don't like I, but I am saying like I get what was she saying though I get it I understand but girl it shouldn't be coming from you and it shouldn't be coming out like that like you know and obviously it's more context if you watch the whole interview but it's just saying like Miss Mamas like really girl but not everybody is going to be rich and successful because if everybody was rich and successful, nobody will be rich and successful. Is that what people don't understand? It's like a basic thing about capitalism, right? It's like, and I'm not an economist, so like, please, anybody, don't, like, don't come for me. I know that I'm oversimplifying here, but the fact of the matter is there are haves and there are have nots. If everybody has, then everybody's on the same playing field. And that's not something that people like. People like to feel above others people like to achieve status like that's just a human nature and it has created this thing called capitalism and girl kim you have made it work for you and you were going to be on top your your kids your kids kids and probably your kids kids you know barring some huge economic shutdown or some huge war that could happen huh? that puts us that wipes all of our finances out you were going to remain there for quite some time and the only way the only way for you to remain there is for somebody in some other country to be making your little skim clothing outline for like days. Okay? That is the only reason that you can stay there. Because if you had to pay everybody the money that you make, you wouldn't have shit. So, 
that's just the, the simple fact of the matter. So don't tell people to just go get up and work. That is going to work for some people, but it's not going to work for the vast majority of us. Because if it did, you wouldn't be where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Another topic I'm dying to get your opinion on. <clears throat> It's been three years since Jesse Smollett reported that he was the victim of a hate crime in January 2019, and he has been sentenced to 150 days in jail on Thursday. The former Empire actor was ordered to pay $25,000 in fine and spend 30 months on felony probation after and spend 30 months on felony probation after being found guilty on five counts of felony disorder conduct for making false reports to the Chicago police. Uh, Smollett alleged that he was the target of an anti-gay, anti-Blake hate crime, uh, which the the judge has deemed as false. Judge James Lynn called Jesse arrogant, selfish, narcissistic while making the judgment and stated that Jesse's fake attack should be one never to have happened or should have happened again and he's sentenced to 150 days in jail and 30 months of felony probation <laughs> what you think of mine all, all while saying he is innocent and you know while they took him into custody he screamed to the top of his lungs that he is not suicidal and that he is innocent mm-hmm just to Which I understand why he did that. I oh, understand for sure. why he did that. A friend of mine thought that that was a little bit too much. They thought it was like for theatrics. I was like, yeah, he's you know he's a dramatic person. Obviously, I mean we know he's a dramatic person. I mean look at what just happened. You know we know. Um, I'm just saying we know like he's no, I mean, so. <laughs> so, um, but I it was kind of interesting though because uh, there was a scene that took place in Empire like that. I, I think it was like season two of Empire where. Um, uh, Taraji's character Cookie was being arrested for something and she was like for, before she got put into the cop car she was like for everybody that's watching this and if I end up dead like you know that it was not me I did not kill myself so it's like hearkening back to you know what happened with Sandra Bland and things of that nature so I understand why he did that um as far as the hunt, like, look, I I had definitely been one of those people back when this happened because we've talked, to, we've been following this story on this podcast, and back when we were beginning to realize that it was a a farce and like none of this actually happened, and it turned out to be some big hullabaloo about nothing. I, I was upset. I was like, come on now, like Jesse, come on. Like, come on. Like, why do this? Why do this? Why make it all that much harder for people that are already going to find it hard to believe that things like this can happen. Why make it that much harder? Come on, like, stop it. Stop. Um, even though people don't believe us in the be- to begin with. Um, so right. I, I, I agreed that some sort of punishment should occur. I agreed whether, like, I may, it should be, you know, like a, a fine that he has to pay because it is time and resources that you're taking, that you're taking up over nothing, over a lie. So you should have to pay for that. Um, 150 days in jail to me I recognize the injustice in that because there are people that get jailed for heavier crimes for less the time and that is a disparity that we need to bring down okay and I, I agree with that but I also yes. do agree that he sh- that if, if there if there's if, if there are fines and a little bit of time in jail on the table for Jesse I think it's an appropriate punishment for what he did I I personally do. Now, should we do something about the disparity? Should it be 150 days? 
yes, or, or, or should it or um, should it be maybe a less than 150 days? Yeah, I can agree with that as well. But you know, if he has to sit in jail for a little bit and you know think about what he's done, okay, fine. Because you're wasting all this time, and it's not you can't just get away with scot free with it. You know what I mean? Come on now, like you you did all of this for nothing, right? I just. <sighs> For me, I, like, you know, he maintains his innocence um, and that's his prerogative. I, just, I feel like the evidence and the statements and the information is enough that one could come to the conclusion that it's not. The one thing that is frustrating about Jesse for me is that, like, he is he, he is utilizing the. The, the movement of people of color against law enforcement and incarcerations. And I feel like he's trying to make his situation and that one. And I don't necessarily like that um, because I do think that there are we do know that black and brown people are incarcerated at a higher rate and for longer sentences for lesser crimes than other than of their counterparts that are not people of color. Like that is a thing. But like. You did it, Jesse. So I, I, it's just hard. But I was listening to uh, someone talk on Clubhouse, and they brought up they they brought up this really interesting point that I wasn't thinking about, but then I thought about it. Um, so Jesse got 150 days. However, the man who went viral for taking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's uh, podium during the Capitol riot on January 6th of 2021 has been sentenced to more than two months behind bars. So Adam Johnson was sentenced to 75 days in prison, followed by one year supervised release for Breaking into our capital for breaking into Nancy Pelosi's chambers, and God knows what happened if she would have been there. Mm-hmm. And so, when people say that, oh, the disparity, it doesn't like. Mm, I think this is a pretty good case of the crimes aren't the same, but I just feel like very interesting, and I, I won't even elaborate on that. If if you understand I mean, what I'm know. saying, I mean, <laughs> we know, we know. But it doesn't. It doesn't absolve Jesse of his Jesse, of his, right. his transgressions. That's and that's the thing that people need to keep reminding themselves. Like and of course, I mean Journey Smollett. I love Journey so much. I love her, and I didn't want her uh, in this girl. I didn't I want didn't you in. Want her in it either. I didn't want her in it. I was like, just girl, just like we. You can support. You can support your brother, but just don't say nothing about it. Like just like just just because I just I think she is. She's one of my acting idols. Yes. I love watching her perform. She's so talented. Um. And it just sucks that she has to. I mean, but you know, that's her family. You know, I mean, what do you expect? That's your brother. You that's know. your brother. Um, that's your blood. So of course you're gonna you're gonna react this way. Um, but like you know, you like, and I like once she she didn't say anything false when she made the comparison about how black people are incarcerated far more often for far less crimes. Like we get it, girl. But your brother still lied here. Like she, like come on. So. Um, yes, we need to continuously address the transgressions or um, we can need to continuously address the disparity each and every time that it happens. But the solution isn't always free the person that did the crime. The solution is just to make sure that everybody is being treated fairly. That's what we need to focus on. So, okay. I, yeah, but, you know, we have been following this case since its inception. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that we got an update on that. And then the last thing that we got on the casual tea is, again, since the inception of the casual tea, it's been meant for some Big Brother updates. And we know that Big Brother Canada is over there 
big brother in. So I just wanted to curious if you could just give us some updates, some recent tea on what is going over there on the BB can. Did I say it right? Your BB can? Yep. Okay. BB can. Oh. Yes, Big Brother Canada is in its 10th season, um, landmark season for the show, especially considering it was almost, well, it was canceled back after season five, um, but then was brought back by petitions from the fans, um, and uh, it has, yeah, it's, 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 it's been going pretty strong so far. Um, interesting caveat to the season is that they're, one of the people on the cast is someone that Big Brother Twitter got to know before he was actually on the show. There was a Kyle Moore that was cast last season that everyone mistook for the Kyle Moore that is now on this season. So everyone thought that he was on last season. A great big general hullabaloo was hyped up around him. We invited it into our community with open arms. And then I guess he spent the entire year trying to be on the show. And then he, he got on the show. Um, he is now the HOH at this point in time. And oh. it's uh, he is not the player that I think a lot of people thought that he was going to be. Uh, his HOH has been messy. He has named at least four different people that could be targets for him, letting them know to their faces um, oh. and now like, and backing track on it. And it just it's just been it's just been really bad so far. Uh, he's a very, very messy player. Um, but does that make so, for a yeah. good watch, though? I believe that it makes for a good watch. I am currently having lots of fun. I okay. have lots of fun watching the show. Um there are, I mean, it, it does come with its with its controversies here and there. Uh, I mean, we've had two people of color leave so far, and I don't think it's because they've been people of color personally. I just think that's sort of how it shook out this time around. Um, and a lot of people are taking issue with the fact that Kyle seemingly thinks that all of the people of color are in an alliance right now because he has vocalized that he didn't he didn't specifically say. I think the people of color have an alliance. He just said these particular people, naming all the people of color, are in an alliance. Um, and so a lot of people are like, well, that's not particularly fair. Like, why are you doing this? So now <laughs> there's been like a bit of a conversation, which we all knew was going to happen after the cookout last year, about whether or not it's cool for people to just assume that people are working together just be based on the color of their skin, even though that's kind of what happened last year. But we understand why it happened last year is because it never really happened truly to begin with. So it's just it's just a lots of conversation that is happening on Big Brother Twitter about all of that. Um, so that's sort of like the the biggest update. We've already lost two people. We are down to final fourteen. We are going to lose someone again on Thursday. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been quite uh, a roller coaster so far because each and every every not like there's been a nominee that has won the veto each time. Mm-hmm. So it's the the nominations have been changed each and every time. So it creates for a lot of fluid. Gameplay, and then when you throw in someone like Kyle with such a chaotic HOH, it's just <laughs> shuffling everybody so much. So it's been, it's been quite the quite the journey so far. I'm having a good time. I always love when I like wake up in the morning and I catch your like tweets that have gone viral. And I think the one for me was like, Arissa needs a live audience. <laughs> yes, they still do not have anybody in due to the pandemic. Um, but the house looks lovely, especially the, the, the main stage, like where Arissa is. Oh, it looks so good. Like probably better than anything that Big Brother US has put together. And I love the new Big Brother US setup. I think the, the, the outside of the house where Julie is looks amazing now. But even with this house, man, it's just so pretty over there in Canada. And I was just, I just, I just miss having the uh, audience there to cheer 
to cheer Arissa and the and the cast on. But a lot of people are happy about it because Canada, man, like that audience be having effects on those players, especially during when they have the live votes on Thursday nights. And mm. uh, and if the if the house guest votes for somebody that the audience deems good to get voted out, they will cheer and they can hear it. And when you vote the wrong person out, they boo your ass. Oh. So like the audience has had a lot of has like a little bit of an effect on how the players feel. Uh, so let me so, find out the in Canada it's the audience and in the U.S. it's the wall crawlers. <laughs> yes, yeah, we can. Uh, I think the, for whatever reason, the U.S. does a better job at cutting out uh, audience participation when they're there. Um, but yeah, we have rectified that by crossing the L.A. River and oh, so, so, so they can't do it. Uh, and just a huge shout out to Arissa Cox, uh, the host and executive producer for Big Brother Canada. We know that yes, she is a Purple Pants her. Posse member. So hey, boo. And also it's the fashions for me. Uh, Arissa not for me. Okay. Her and I have been going back and forth for a couple of weeks because I was like, I might have to do a Issa look on your fashions, girl. And she was yeah, like, she was like, I don't know if you should, Bryce, because a couple of the first seasons, she she said she wasn't given what she didn't understand the assignment like that. Um, and she sent me like these images of some of her dresses from the first season. I'm like, no, girl, there you were still slaying, but you know, it's like it's when we look at the, the evolution, but. She Shout out to her for paying baby boy homage. I know y'all been seeing them purple dresses, okay? Just yes. know the Purple Pants Podcast is everywhere. So just a huge shout out to our girl, She's Arissa so Cox. Lovely. Yes. We love her. She she wished me a happy birthday a couple weeks ago, too. She's just so sweet. She's just, she loves to engage with us and and, and have as, mu- as much as she can because she's still an executive producer now. Okay. She, can, she has to maintain a level of professionalism and decorum and she can't be out here kicking as much, but she does as much as she can and it really makes you feel like you know that she that she, that she cares that she, that she cares yes. you know we it's a community it really is yes. and I just I just I just love that and I just I just just always continuously wish her as much success as she can have yes so period um, and that is going to conclude this week's casualty Aman thank you so much for always coming being your authentic self and pouring into these topics it is literally the highlight of my day whenever we have a casualty episode so thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you before you go let the people know what you've been up to what you're doing where they can hear you at elsewhere because you know the people love the Aman and first of all <laughs> New look, new hair. Who this? If y'all listening, yeah. Amanda switched up the hair on us, and he is rocking some braids. Baby boy is giving black boy joy, and we love it. Yes, I I have been uh, I didn't know how I felt about them at first, but Bryce and a, a bunch of other people have been really helping me with my uh, with my self image when it comes to these braids. Because I don't know, I just I, I haven't had these. Since I was like five years old, okay, so it's it's a huge shift for me. Um, but yeah, I've been loving them so far. It's been a, it's been a, a fun little journey and like seeing what I can do with my hair and like you know all the things that you know all all this like, you know black people you know we we have been so inventive with our hair and I'm just mm. now starting to try and be a little inventive with mine. So it's been a lot of fun. So like yeah, you know I'm gonna rock the braids for a little for a little while longer. Yes. Who knows what I'll do next. But yeah, you can follow me at Amon Adwin everywhere. Um, 
still uh, over there at Drag Race at the RHAP Rehap Ups, obviously covering BB Cantan over on RHAP. I've got my Glee podcast with Matt Lagore at the Choir Room. And that is it for now. Yes. Okay. Aman is busy. Well, listen, thank you again. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with some more casual tea. that I am giving out this week's Freak of the Week. This past Saturday, we learned of the passing of singer, personality, and reality TV star Tracy Braxton, the sister of Tony Braxton and Tamar Braxton. Uh, Reports came out that she had passed early Saturday morning, and it is definitely a devastation to the community of people that myself belong to that loved Tracy. She is best known from her appearance on the Wee TV show, Braxton Family Values. And Tracy was just the bright light, the fun, the crazy, the the sister that we all wanted to be friends with. And it is just so sad to learn of her passing. She was only 50 years old. We are getting reports that she had a year battle of a cancer diagnosis. And ultimately she transitioned this Saturday morning. And it is just a reminder to me and to everyone to give people their flowers because you just do not know how long we are going to be on this earth. Tomorrow, the next second is not promised to us. And there was just so much I loved about Tracy and her story and just her being who she was authentically herself. One of the things that resonated with me the most in Tracy's story about being a Braxton was we all know Tony Braxton unbreak my heart you know he wasn't man enough for me the superstar that she is she had four other sisters Tracy Trina Tawanda and Tamar and there was a group called the Braxtons back in the day you know my true R&B fans they know and when the Braxtons got their record deal Tracy was pregnant and this is back in the 90s and at that time you couldn't be a girl group and be pregnant so ultimately Tawanda Trina and Tamar had to sign the contract and Tracy did not because she ultimately went on to have her child get married and live her life and as we watched the Braxton family values Tracy always feels like she was robbed of something and that just you know through my survivor experience and I've been able to deal with it and cope with it I I, I just got Tracy 
And it was just so amazing for Tracy to be herself on the Braxton family values. And she was able to just like, you know, people loved her. They connected with her. She released two solo albums, which are actually jams and learning of the passing of Tracy on Saturday. Y'all know in my spirit, you know, I love to take baths and I just dedicated Saturday to just jamming to Tracy and just loving on her. She also went on to be on some other Weed TV reality shows with like Natalie Nunn and Phaedra Parks. Uh, but it is just definitely so devastating. And for me, being a person that has lost a sibling, my heart goes out to the Braxton sisters, to their mother, Evelyn, to their father, Michael, to their brother, Michael. Um, and it's just really a sad loss. And again, the message that I just want to convey in this freak of the week is to give people their flowers like while they're here while they can smell them and receive them I hate the fact that this is the first time that I'm making Tracy the freak of the week and if anyone knows me that knows that I love the Braxton sisters I love Braxton family values I love Tamar I love Tony but like I loved Tracy she was she was the one sister that I always felt like I related to I was like I'm the crazy ratchet one of my family like you know and it is so sad for me but you know reading the posts from her son and her husband it was a battle for her this last year and she kept it private none of the public knew and you know one of the words that her son said is that like he is finding peace and knowing that his mom is not suffering anymore and I just want to honor Tracy the best way that I know how to and that is making Tracy Braxton this week's Purple Pants Podcast Freak of the Week may your legacy live on forever and you will truly be missed if Tracy Braxton is this week's Freak of the Week that means we are coming to an end of another episode I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening for always supporting me for giving me my flowers because I do receive them and I just appreciate that so much if you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast Apple Podcasts Google Play or anywhere that podcasts are available hit that subscribe button also subscribe to your baby boy's YouTube channel Bryce Isaiah I appreciate it make sure when you subscribe to the podcast okay you're giving me uh five stars you're writing a review and most importantly not to forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that is bills 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 because it's a it's a it's a it's the purple pants it's the purple pants it's the purple pants podcast you better get your headphones and listen up quick it's the purple pants podcast you better listen in public might make your stomach hurt it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to unwind you better get that box wine it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to get your snack you better hurry right back though it's the purple pants it's the purple pants